Praise the Lord. You are listening to a word from the Lord, a radio and internet ministry of the Refuge Temple Church of Burlington, North Carolina. Refuge Temple Church is located in the heart of Burlington, NC at 152 North Main Street. Our pastor is Bishop Reginald J. Davis. Refuge Temple Church is a spirit-filled, Bible-believing, multicultural ministry ordained by Jesus Christ to serve him, his kingdom, and the community from Main Street to the world. We welcome you to join us now for anointed music and the word of God. Remain standing if you would and go with me in the word of God to the book of Romans and also the book of 2 Timothy. Romans chapter number three. Romans chapter number three. Thank you, Lord. And also, 2 Timothy chapter number two. Romans chapter number three. Thank you, Lord. And 2 Timothy chapter number two. Romans chapter three. And you'll find us in verse number three. And Second Timothy chapter number two. We're going to begin in Romans chapter three and verse three. The Bible says, For what if some did not believe? Shall their unbelief make the faith of God without effect? God forbid. Yea, let God be true, but every man a liar, as it is written, that thou mightest be justified in thy sayings, and mightest overcome when thou art judged. In 2 Timothy chapter 2, 2 Timothy chapter number 2 and verse number 11, And the Bible says, it is a faithful saying, for if we be dead with him, we shall also live with him. If we suffer, we shall also reign with him. If we deny him, he, shall also, he will deny us. If we believe yet not, yet he abideth faithful, he cannot deny himself. He cannot deny himself. Before you take your seat, just tell somebody, so what? You can be seated. Just look at him again. I'm, you, you're not being fresh. You're you, you, you helping me. Look at him again and say, so what? Um, I don't think we can ever talk enough about faith. Um, I don't think we can exhaust the subject. I don't think we can... Um, say enough to Christians and even to non-Christians enough about the subject of faith. Faith is the link of every believer to God. If you're going to know God, if you're going to touch God, if you're going to have a relationship with God, 
It is going to be in the context of faith. Hallelujah. Which is defined in the scripture as the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith is simply you deciding to believe God. It, it, it is not, it's not magic. It's not wishing. It's not um, in some way hoping something, this, that, or the other will happen. Faith is simply you deciding that you will believe God, that you will trust what God has said. And faith is positioned on what you hear. Let me say that again. Faith is positioned on what, what you hear. So many people want a faith that they can see. But if you can see it, it's not faith. Say amen, somebody. You, 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 want, you want some kind of tangible evidence, some type of guarantee, something that, that shows you that what you believe is, in fact, reality. But the simple truth is that if you're going to believe God, you have to believe what God has said. Now, there are some that would say, well, Bishop, when God shows me something, then I'll believe. But that's not faith. Hope that is seen is what? Not hope. If you can see it, if you can lay your hands on it, if it's tangible in some way, then it's really not faith. But faith is when I don't see anything and all I have to go on is what God has said in my life. And because God has said it, I believe it and I accept it at his word. And faith is indeed that lifeline, hallelujah, that link of every believer to God. It's, it's the lifeline. I don't know how many of you have had to live by faith. Anybody know what it means to live by faith? Don't see it, don't have it, don't have evidence, but just because God said it, I acknowledge it. And the Bible says that without faith, it is impossible to please God. Impossible. That means you, God is not even in fact, if I could be very honest, God's not even talking to you if you don't believe. Hallelujah. He's not even talking to you because faith is his language. Faith is how he communicates and is, is how he expresses himself to each of us. And the scripture said without faith, it's impossible to please him. I can go to church, but if I don't do what I do in faith, God is not pleased. I can sing, I can preach, I can give, I can serve, I can do all the things that church people do. But what undergirds what we do is our faith in God. And if the faith is not there, then God is really not even interested. Just to get God's attention, you got to believe. Just to get God to focus. And, and, and I want to say this, and, and this kind of ties into what I preached the other Sunday, that you don't have to be a perfect person to have faith. Say amen, somebody. In fact, some of us, in fact, all of us, the reason why we got saved was in our imperfection, we believe God. In, in our sin, we believe God. In our lack of knowledge of who God was and didn't even know how to serve him, but there was something in us that reached out to God that said, Lord, I know you can help me. I know you can do something in my life. I know you can fix whatever is wrong with me. And so we're even standing where we're standing simply by the faith of God. He that cometh to God, he that approaches God, he that even connects with God must do what? Believe that he is. Anybody here know God is real? Okay, about seven of you. Anybody here know God is real? Holy, real God. Holy, as real 
you say, well, I can't see them. You can't see the air either. Come on, somebody. But, you're, but you believe in the air. Come on, somebody. Air is keeping you alive. You can't see the atoms that your body is composed of, but you still believe that you're here. And the same way I can't see air, but I know it's there, I know God is here. I know God is real. I know that he's alive. And because he's alive, I'm alive. Hallelujah. Because he's living, I'm living. Because he's moving, I'm moving. In him, I live. In him, I move. In him, I have my being. We have to understand that faith is that critical element of trusting and believing what God has spoken, what God has said. And even if I can't understand or see everything that is going on, because I have confidence in God, I can believe him even when I'm not sure how things are going to turn out. I can still trust him. Let's talk about faith for a minute. Because we know that faith is the substance of things hoped for. And we know there is a collective faith in this room. We, to get up on a Sunday and come to church, I hope that you brought some level of faith with you. So there is a collective faith in the sanctuary. And, and, and some of us are expecting God to do things, and some of us are just expecting to get done. There's a collective faith here. But what happens when you need more than the collective faith? That is in the room. Because the only thing about collective faith is that you can sometimes be limited by the faith of the group. Come on, somebody. And what if I need more than the group is expecting? What if my need is greater? What if my condition is um, more severe? And maybe you can be satisfied with just Sing a song, praying a prayer, and going home empty. But somebody is sitting in this church that needs a miracle. Hallelujah. And, 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 and I need you to understand that, that if you need a miracle, you might have to push your faith beyond the group. You might have to push your faith beyond your family. You might have to push your faith beyond the people sitting in your congregation because if you don't believe and if you're trying and, and, and there are some people that it's not enough for them not to believe, they not only don't want to believe God, they want to make sure that you don't believe God. Oh God, as I was reading this morning, the Lord told me to tell somebody, be careful who you speak to and be even more careful who you listen to because there are some people in your life that are literally starving your faith. Their skepticism, their uncertainty about God, their lack of a relationship with God. And, 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 and you know, you know I, I've grown to a place where you just can't impress me with your church rhetoric and how you do what you do. I need to know that you believe God. And that's why, in all honesty, you know, I, I use this phrase a lot, but, but there, I don't ask everybody to pray for me. Okay, I'm not trying to be holier than thou. I'm not trying to be um, overly sanctified, but everybody can't pray for me. Because if you're going to pray for me, I need to know you believe that God is able. Oh, God, if you're going to get oil and lay hands on me, I need to know that you trust the God. That I need to even know that you know the God. Because how can you pray for me to a God you don't know? You know, how, how are you going to pray? And I got to say, God, this is Jane. She came to pray for me. When, when Jane needs to have a relationship with God, 
for herself. And, and, and that's the challenge, that your faith, yes, I, I love to believe God with people, but your faith, listen to me, has to be individualized. Can you stand alone and say, God, I trust you? Because there are three kinds of people in the world. There are believers, there are doubters, and there are unbelievers. And, and doubters and unbelievers are not synonymous. Believers simply believe God. They believe God without evidence. They believe God without proof. They believe God without validation. Just because they look at it in the word and just because they hear from God, they believe God. Any believers in the house today? Any believe? I mean, just believe God. Just believe God. And, 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 and there are some believers in here that have had experience. Experienced believers are some of the greatest people because not only do they believe God, but they are now the tangible evidence that God is able. If I had time, I would pass the mic. And there are people sitting here that were sick, but the Lord healed them because they prayed. There are people sitting here that were broke, but God made a way because they prayed. There are people here that almost gave up on on life but God kept them together because they prayed and oh what a blessing it is when not only do I know the word but I know my own story oh hallelujah I don't look like what I've been through but if I had time to tell you I've got a story oh God come on tell a neighbor down your road I got a story I got a story I got a story there's a reason why I trust him now there's a reason why I believe him now there's a reason why I rely upon him now he's real and I believe him tell somebody I believe him I believe him I believe him we and when your faith is individualized when it's time to step away from the limited collective faith, you move to another place. And sometimes you have to step away from what people are saying to what God has promised. And when God has promised you something, it doesn't matter if the people around you don't believe. Because there's always somebody trying to undermine what God has said to you. Hence the subject, so what? It didn't happen for me, so what? Somebody tried to do the same thing you're trying to do and they failed, so what? Well, you know, other folk have done this or that or the other, so what? I'm not going on what other people have said. I'm going on what I know about the God that I serve. And, and when you have that kind of confidence, it changes the dynamics of what you're dealing with. And you have to be able to trust God even when others refuse to believe. Let me finish this point about doubters. Doubters are just people who, for whatever reason, they've gotten caught up in the natural realities and they've forgotten the power of spiritual principles. And those natural realities sometimes cause them to feel uneasy. You know, Peter believed God when he said, Lord, if it's you, bid me come. And he stepped out in the water. And he didn't sink immediately. Why? Because he believed the word of Jesus. 
And when Jesus said, come on, walk on the water, Peter started walking. Well, pastor, what made Peter sink? He started looking, listen to me, at the waves, and he started listening to the wind. And when your senses become greater than your faith, you'll sink. Oh, God, somebody didn't catch that. When your senses, when what your body is telling you is speaking louder than your faith, you'll get sicker. Come on, somebody. The Lord spoke in healing, but because I feel the pain, I get sicker. When I need to inject my faith and say, yeah, I feel this pain, but by his stripes, I am healed. But when your senses get your attention and you take your eyes off Jesus, you'll sink. So faith has to be, those are the doubters. They want to trust God, but they've allowed the sensory perceptions to undermine their faith in God. The unbelievers are a completely different category. Unbelievers refuse to acknowledge the integrity of God. And it doesn't matter what God says, doesn't matter what God does, they say in themselves, it's not going to happen. So what have they done? They have, in essence, called God a liar. And when God speaks to you, if you don't have the faith to respond positively, just keep your mouth shut. If God gives you a word, if God gives you an utterance, if God gives you something out of the scripture, and if you don't believe it, just do this until you can get your faith together. Because it's better to say nothing than to call God a liar. Because what God will not tolerate is a challenge to his integrity. And an unbeliever challenges the integrity of God. And that's why everybody needs somebody, listen to me, to help build your faith. That, 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 that's exactly what my assignment is. The Lord told me, when you get back to the church, help the saints build their faith. Why, Lord? Because I'm about to do something. Hey, oh, God, I'm about to make something happen for somebody. I'm about to bless somebody beyond their imagination. I'm about to do the impossible thing in the life of somebody but I need my sons and my daughters to believe me because I'm ready to move but I need somebody in the house that has enough faith to say God I know you can do what is impossible somebody who's been waiting on a while for something Oh, God, somebody who's been praying for a minute about something. I need you right now to open your mouth and give God the glory for what you've been praying for. I don't care how far-fetched it is. I don't care how out of the realm of possibility it might be. If God has said it, open your mouth now and thank him for it. Hey, Thomas, I tell you. give him glory. Somebody give him a praise in advance. Y'all didn't hear that. Somebody give him a praise in advance. It's going to come to pass. It's, he's going to do it. He's going to make it happen. Oh God. And just so they're not confused, look down your road and say that praise was for my Shelby. Tell him again, that praise was for my Shelby. I've blessed him for my right now, but I've got a Shelby. I have 
not seen, ear have not heard, neither has it entered the heart of men what God has prepared for those that love him. haven't seen. Tell somebody, I hadn't seen it yet, but it's coming to pass. Whoo, shatamasit. Ear haven't heard, hadn't gotten any confirmation, but it's in my spirit. Ooh, shatamasit. Hey, God, it's in, it's in my spirit. See, some folk don't even understand your praise because they don't understand what's in your spirit. I don't praise him for what's in front of me. I praise him for what he planted in my spirit. In my spirit, there's a miracle about to break forth. In my spirit, there's a breakthrough about to happen. In my spirit, there's a door. So I sit down for a second. I'm, I'm close to done, but I ain't done that. Woo, said you. Tell somebody is in my spirit. Hey, God is in my spirit. You don't have to see it. It's already in my spirit. See, everybody can't walk with you in your faith journey. In fact, if you don't believe God, at this point of my life, I really need you to leave me alone. I know that sounds harsh, but the Lord showed me some things. And the Lord said, in this season, you need to surround yourself with people that will share your faith. And if they don't share your faith, don't cut them off, but don't engage in intimate fellowship. Because it's in the intimate fellowship that people start playing with your head. Come on, somebody. When you start to disclose the stuff that you believe God to do, it's in those conversations where the enemy uses them, sometimes unbeknownst to them, to plant the seeds of doubt. And they start giving you all of these anecdotes as to why what you are believing God for will not work. Hence the subject, so what? Hallelujah. Well, I tried it, so what? I failed at it, so what? It didn't happen for me, and I've been saved longer than you, so what? If God has spoken this into my life, I don't have a choice but believe God. Let me deal with this text, and then I got to close, and... I might hit this next week. Paul asked a critical question. What if some don't believe? Does the fact that you don't believe the word make the word ineffectual? Is that? God's given you that kind of power that if you don't believe, you will stop my blessing. No, no. You may not believe, and if you don't believe, yes, you will limit yourself spiritually. 
But I refuse to be so tied to a doubter that I allow the doubter to stop my miracle. Oh, God. You can go to church here. You can stay here until Jesus comes. And I'm not going to bother you. But what I will not do is let you undermine what God has spoken into my life. I'll be nice to you. I'll shake your hand. I'll say praise the Lord. I'll say I love you. And I do love you. But just because you don't believe, it does not make the word of none effect. Just because you choose not to follow. And so the question really is, Paul is asking, will you allow others to undermine your faith? Will you allow somebody else to undermine your faith? And the answer is no. Because if I could be honest, for as long as I've been saved, I've had people tell me what I couldn't do and what God couldn't do for me. I'll never forget this. This is a true story for the young people that might be listening. When I was 17, I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, I want to go to college, but I don't want to fill out a financial aid form. Even though I probably could have gotten everything because I was as broke as I could be. But I said, Lord, I'm going to college, and you're going to send me to college. That's what I said. At 17, I said, Lord, you're going to send me to college. And I didn't even know where to start. But I applied to UNC, and I applied for a scholarship that would pay for everything for me to go to UNC. And so they, 200 applicants, listen to me, 200 applicants, and I was one of the 20 finalists. And they invited me to Chapel Hill, spent a weekend at the Carolina Inn, toured the campus, had an interview with a committee, and they said, well, we're going to notify. So we've gone from 200 to 20 to 7. Seven of the 20 are going to get this scholarship. And those who don't get the scholarship will be given a $300 tuition scholarship, which would not pay for Carolina even back in 1984. And so I go home, and I get a letter in the mail that said, Mr. Davis, we're so sorry that you didn't get the scholarship. Now, I'm going to give you the whole story. My human reaction, I balled the letter up and threw it in the corner because I was mad. Because I hadn't, applied anywhere, I hadn't applied for any other scholarships. This was it. If this didn't come through, I was at Leggett's working come August, literally. And I threw it in the corner. And the Holy Spirit said, go get that letter. And I picked up the letter. I smoothed it out. And I held it up to the Lord just like this. I said, Lord, you see this letter? They've told me I'm denied. But if you give it to me, it's still mine. And I'm believing you for this. I folded up my little letter, put it in Deuteronomy chapter 28. Come on, somebody. All these, all these blessings shall come upon thee and overtake thee. See, y'all got to buy this stuff. Oh, holler. I know it sounds cliche, but when the man of God says that that word works, baby, it works. And I folded my letter up, stuck it in Deuteronomy 28, and went on about my business. That about two weeks later, we were having the diocese meeting in Henderson. And my best friend um, was Bishop, is Bishop Wolfolk's son. And Brent and I were talking at the end of the convocation, and he had just been awarded a scholarship to Florida A&M. And you know, you got to be careful how you celebrate with people who are blessed, 
while you're waiting for yours? Somebody missed that. Somebody missed that. See, if God has blessed somebody near you, you ought to celebrate just like it's you. Oh, God, because you know what? That means he's in the neighborhood. Brent had just gotten a free ride to Florida A&M. And so he asked me, he said, Reggie, did you get your scholarship to Carolina? I said, no, I'm an alternate. And if somebody doesn't accept it, then I'll get the scholarship. And Brent said, anybody, these were his last words to me, anybody would be a fool to give up a free ride to Carolina. That was Sunday at about 5 o'clock. Monday when I got home from school, as I was coming into my house, the phone was ringing. Oh, God. And when I picked up the phone, it was the admissions director from UNC that said, Mr. Davis, we offered you um, $300, but how would you like the full scholarship? Come on, somebody. You got to oh, be careful how you respond in the denial. And that's exactly how I went to school. And when I walked out of UNC, I didn't owe anybody a dime because God made the way. And I came to tell somebody, and I've got to close, that God doesn't love Reggie Davis any more than he loves you. If you will trust him, he'll bless your coming in. If you'll trust him, he'll bless your going out. If you trust him, He'll bless you in the city. If you trust him, he'll bless you in the field. If you trust him, he'll bless your house. If you trust him, he'll deliver you from poverty. If you trust him, he'll heal your body. If you trust him, he'll save your children. If you trust him, he'll deliver your house. If you trust him, he'll free your mind. If you trust him, he'll bless you. He'll bless you. He'll bless you. Anybody believe it? Anybody believe it? I need you to bless him like you want to be blessed. I need you to praise him right now like you want to be blessed. Shout hallelujah.
give you this critical, just stay, I'm, I'm, it's going to take me a second. The Lord told me to tell everybody to remember that God cannot lie. Say it to yourself. God cannot lie. Oh, Shatama. Say it. I said, say it. God cannot lie. God is not a man that he should lie. Neither the Son of Man that he should repent. Has he not said it? Will he not do it? Has he not spoken it? Will he not make it good? Every promise, yes, Shatama, I hear your Holy Ghost. Every promise, every promise that God has made to you is coming to pass. Every promise. I don't know what he told you, but the Lord told me to tell you that everything he promised is going to come to pass in your life. Don't doubt it. Don't waver in it. Don't give up on it. Everything God said, everything God said is coming to pass. starts talking. The closer you get, oh God, to the breakthrough, the more the devil starts talking. He'll talk to you in your sleep. He'll talk to you in your idle moments. He'll talk to you while you let your mind wander. It ain't gonna happen, it ain't gonna happen. And then he'll even talk to people that you know and people that say they love you. And he'll talk through your haters and say it's not gonna happen. But I got a word for the devil. No matter what you saying, my answer is so what? Let God be true, every man be a liar. Let God be true, every man be a liar. I've given you what's in my spirit. Everybody in here that believes God for a miracle, I need you to praise him like you have completely lost your mind. I need you to, uh -huh. I need you to praise him just like it's coming to pass, because it is coming to pass. I need you to bless him. Oh, God.
somebody and point to them and say, in the name of Jesus, there's a miracle coming into your life. In the name of Jesus, there's a miracle coming into your life. Now, if you believe it, I need you to respond like somebody that's got a miracle coming into their life. I need you to respond. I need you to respond. blessed by this broadcast today. If you desire prayer or want more information about our church, please call us at 336-570-3664. Again, that's 336-570-3664. You can also go to our website for more information about our ministry at www.refugetemplenc.com. Again, that's www.refugetemplenc.com. Pastor Reginald and Lady Charity Davis and the Refuge Temple family would like to invite you to worship with us whenever you are in the Burlington area. If this ministry has blessed you, please write to us at P.O. Box 3552, Burlington, N.C. 27215. That's P.O. Box 3552, Burlington, N.C. 27215 or email us info at refugetemplenc.com. That's info at refugetemplenc.com. God bless you, and until next time, shalom, shalom.